0: We've got two Bostonians in the house today, or I guess you're a real Bostonian. I'm just like, I moved here last week.
1: I'm more of like a Boston suburbian.
0: Well, neither of us have real Boston accents, so I guess neither of us are true Bostonians. True. <laughs> Anyways, it's Tuesday, February 8th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle writer Rob Litters, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Yeah. Every day, we're going to give you a short sweet breakdown of some of our favorite business and tech stories. Today, we've got some interesting items on the menu. In a bit, we're going to talk about why owning an NBA team might be the best investment of the last 20 years, aside from Dogecoin early 2020. Before we get into that, let's talk some news. Rob, what are you following today?
1: One of my favorite things to do right now is find out who actually won the box office from the weekend before. And for the last eight weeks, I think out of six of those weeks, it's been Spider-Man No Way Home, which is no surprise if you've been looking at box office dollars and viewership over the last few years. It's pretty much always a superhero franchise that's in the lead. But this past weekend saw a new movie take Spider-Man No Way Home's place. Jackass Forever, the fourth installment of the stunt comedy franchise run by Johnny Knoxville and Friends, pulled in $23.5 million at the North American box office this weekend. An unseated Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: It's literally Jackass forever.
1: It's been around for so long. <laughs> I feel like their fingerprints are everywhere in the creator economy now. Like you look on YouTube and like some of the top YouTubers and some of the crazy stuff that they do, it was born out of the crazy theatrics of Jackass.
0: Yeah, so do you have a takeaway here? I think my
1: biggest takeaway from this one is franchises still own the box office. Jackass is a franchise. It's not an independent film, but it's also not a superhero movie. So. It's pretty clear that people can fall in love with franchises other than superheroes and they can be fun and it's fun to root for them. I love that. Yeah. The next thing that I'm tracking is an NFT conspiracy theory which I think there's probably many of them on on Twitter these days but <laughs> so Max Reed who writes a newsletter called Reed Max. He dove deep on celebrity NFTs and connections to CAA, which is a talent agency out in Los Angeles. It's one of the biggest talent agencies. He did all <laughs> these ties from NFTs to CAA and it's really wild. So first of all, what kind of kicked it all off is Jimmy Fallon had Paris Hilton on The Tonight Show and they were talking about how they both own aboard a ape Yacht Club. Yeah, I saw NFT. that. Yeah. So Fallon is represented by CAA. CAA is also an investor in OpenSea, which of is the are. biggest <laughs> NFT marketplace in, in the world and has basically become synonymous with NFTs. Yeah. CAA also recently signed a deal to represent an NFT collector, which I had no idea that that was a potential path for buying NFTs, was that you could eventually get talent representation. Maybe I would have gone harder into NFTs if, if I knew that was possible. With the NFTs, like a really big part of the growth of these NFTs has been getting big influencers to talk about them and who are bigger influencers than celebrities like real celebrities so it's no surprise that it's all kind of interlinked i saw some criticism of this conspiracy theory that you know this is pretty much how any industry is like everybody's interconnected when you get to the bottom of it (laughs) but it's fun to think about it's fun to unravel how about you jacob
0: I'll tell you what's piquing my interest. <laughs> DeepMind, which is an Alphabet oh, subsidiary, yeah. so a cousin of Google, you could say, Okay, came out saying its AI coding engine called AlphaCode can program at the level of an average human coder. So that's pretty wild. The principal uh, research scientist at DeepMind was telling The Verge that research is still in the early stages, as it always is, but the results brought the company closer to creating an autonomous programmer that can rival human programmers. They said in the longer term, we're excited by Alpha Code's potential for helping programmers and non-programmers write code, improving productivity or creating new ways of making software. So the first thing that popped in my mind is like, <laughs> everyone always says, all these lines of work will be automated out of jobs. And I mean, does this mean programmers will be automated out of jobs? The next thing I've been thinking about is a merger between America's two favorite airlines, Frontier and Spirit. Frontier and Spirit are the two largest discount carriers in the U.S. And they have agreed to merge in a deal valued well over $6 $6.6 billion, 6 billion. And if it goes through successfully, it'll create what would be the fifth largest airline in the country. The... Question on a lot of people's minds is, is there going to be any kind of antitrust hurdle here, right? The Justice Department last year sued American Airlines and JetBlue over their partnership in the Northeast. I was saying it was reducing competition, driving up prices.
1: The reason this
0: deal makes sense, though, I just will add, both Spirit and Frontier fly Airbus planes. So that makes things a lot simpler, I guess. And they've also have grown a lot. They've expanded flying capacity 467% since 2017 compared with a national average of 355%. So they're growing faster than most other airlines.
1: We were looking at this on Slack earlier, the valuations of airlines, which was shocking to me. I had absolutely no idea how much bigger Delta's market cap is than everybody else. Delta's market cap is larger than United and American combined, So if it was like Delta and another airline merging, like I could see antitrust really playing a big role. Maybe it's still well with Spirit and Frontier, but I feel like it makes sense for them to kind of join forces and they'll probably even be able to offer bigger discounts.
0: I was reading some of the comments that were coming out from their, you know, higher ups and they were saying, listen, you know, in the normally people joining forces might mean prices going up. In this case, we're going to join forces to have more options for lower prices. So we'll see if that holds true feel like it never has, but we'll see if it will. Well, why don't we talk about what might be the best investment of the millennium so far? NBA franchises.
1: Yeah, this is absolutely insane. So the average price of an NBA franchise jumped by 1,057% between 2002 and 2021, according to a recent article on CNBC, which is just an absolutely ludicrous jump. For context, yes, we have pulled some comparisons to put it into perspective. So in that same time span, the average price of an MLB team went up 667%. The average price of an NHL team went up 467%. And the S&P 500 went up 458%. So the average price of an NBA franchise just going absolutely crazy. Looking at these numbers is just baffling. So the Los Angeles Clippers... Famously bought by Steve Ballmer in 2014 for $2 billion, had previously been purchased in 1981 for $12.5 million. So just some crazy, Damn. crazy returns to be had <laughs> on the NBA front in recent
0: years. So why is it so hot right now?
1: So golf and tennis are widely considered to be truly global sports. Soccer, I think, has been nicknamed the global game before. And the NBA has huge international expansion plans. They launched a league in Africa that's been valued at a billion dollars. NBA China is worth $5 billion. They're currently in a bit of a spat over uh, Daryl Morey, who's the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. He had a tweet about Hong Kong in 2019, which kind of cast them against each other, but the NBA is still big in China. And then the NBA is slowly expanding into India, which has really? over a billion citizens. Yeah. It's crazy. The other thing about basketball that I think makes it such a great global game, like we mentioned golf and tennis, which sure they're global, but they still require a certain level of money and income, right? You have to be able to buy golf clubs or have access to golf clubs and tennis rackets yeah, uh, and access to tennis courts. But really, basketball yeah. and soccer are those two sports where you can just kind of find a court or a field and all you need is a ball. And I think that's a big reason like of why Michael Jordan became such a global phenomenon, like why he really kind of took right. over is because basketball is one of those games where, you know, everybody can play it and you can just kind of create this monster superstar in it. Like no NFL player is ever going to be considered this like kind of global phenomenon if it if it would have happened maybe yes. it would have been tom brady but that <laughs> ship has sailed
0: and bada bing bada boom that's it folks thanks for joining us today for more on the hustle's tech and business coverage and links to all kinds of cool stuff from around the web things like the perfect jacket for the apocalypse and a special version of wordle that's jewish themed check out our newsletter at the hustle.co see you tomorrow see you tomorrow y'all